the volume. Soup with Coop is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. My next guest on Soup with Coop is one of the most intimidating defenders of all time and one of the greatest nicknames. Sean Merriman, lights out. Welcome to Soup with Coop, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I like that you wear your nickname right there. We don't have to even kind of go guess. Tell me, tell me about the nickname Lights Out. You know, my uh, my sophomore year in high school at Frederick, Frederick Douglass High School in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, I had uh, knocked out four four kids in one game. And after the game, you know, I had about 20 or 25 students come run up to me and say, man, you knocked those guys' lights out. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just I, it just came up. I said, yeah, you know what? Call me Lights Out. And so from that point on, like the name stuck, you know, I got, I got, went to school Monday and next thing I know, everybody was like, Hey, lights, good game. Like it just stuck all the way through <laughs> high school and college and the pros. What kind of soup are you having today? I, I love that. You're just, you're excited about the soup. I mean, you gotta, you gotta get your soup warmed up before you came on. So uh, New England plant chowder, but so let me tell you, I've never been, um, I'm a, I love soup to death. I've never been to a restaurant in my life and haven't had a soup. If they have a soup there at a restaurant, I've always had a soup. Uh, you have a, you, I didn't know you and I have so much in common. No, I, I didn't even know. When I came on, I said, hold on, we really eat soup because I can eat soup at any, any point during the day. Like, I love soup. Um, it happened to me similarly in high school, except the lights were on the whole time I played everybody. I, did, I kept <laughs> the lights on for every single person I played against. I never hit anybody, and the lights were never even flickering. They were just bright and light and moving on to the next play. So, again, I'm glad we have a lot in common. New England clam chowder, though, Sean, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised. You're kind of a, a Maryland, D.C. guy. I thought for sure we'd have some crab involved today. So, I'm, so if it's not New England clam chowder, it's lobster bisque. And yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't get a hold of my, my lobster bisque that I normally have sent in from Maryland. So I want, like once a month, I'll have a lobster bisque, like homemade lobster bisque sent in, or, or crabs from, from Maryland. So I couldn't get that sent in. So New England clam chowder. Do you like clams? I, I do, man. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge seafood guy because I'm from Maryland. So for me, like anything seafood, I'm in. But the problem is that once you once you get spoiled, being from Maryland, like you can't find the same seafood nowhere in the country. Did it, did it moving to San Diego? They have decent seafood. It was good. San Diego, San Diego is right up there. You got some really good seafood um, up in the Bay Area. They they got some pretty good seafood. Um, but there's, there's nothing like Maryland, man. I mean, Maryland got the, the crab, I mean, crab cakes in football. You know where that saying came from. So um, they got the best seafood in the country for sure. Now, was the seafood alone the reason you stayed in Maryland and went to the University of Maryland? Because I, <laughs> I imagine crab you had some other opportunities. Yeah, you know what? No, the seafood was great. It wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I stayed in Maryland, man, because I, I, I literally grew up 20 minutes from the campus. So, you know, I wanted my high school coaches and my, my family and my friends that I grew up with, I wanted them to come to the game. 
um, and, and be able to see me. I didn't want to go somewhere else and, and people couldn't, you know, kind of see me. Plus two, they wouldn't know, my, my uh, coaches and everybody, they wouldn't know to let me leave. Like, they were like, okay, you're going to Maryland. I'm like, okay, all right, cool, I'm going to Maryland. That was it. And then I committed, I committed, uh, verbally committed my sophomore year. Oh, to wow. University of you just don't seem that obedient to me. You're going to do this. You're like, yes, sir, okay, I am. You seem like you'd be a little bit more of a, were you, were you a troublemaker in high school? Were you a wild man? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Deuce Cannon, 100%. Um, high school, college. It, you know, it's just, um, for me too, you know, I was, Merlin was a super tough where I grew up at. And that also kind of molded me. So you had to be tough also to grow up there and, and you know, kind of live that lifestyle. And it really ultimately like kind of made me who I am. So that's why I ended up like just staying home, man. It was, I wanted to set an example for, you know, the rest of the kids who were coming up because there's so much talent in that DMV area. That Maryland DC area is so much talent. And I was, I was like a big advocate of people, of kids staying home. And I was like, you know what? Top, you know, top rated recruit coming out of the country. People know who I was. I'm staying home. I'm staying, I'm staying home in Maryland. And hopefully that, you know, people after me were going to stay home, which they did. You know, we had Vernon Davis the year after and then so forth. There's a bunch of guys. And that's serious hoops country, though. Mm -hmm. Could you? And then you played hoops. You're a pretty good hoop player. I was all right. Look, everybody, like, when you talk to somebody about how they, how they used to play, they say, oh, yeah, I was like Jordan. I was like LeBron and Carmelo Anthony. I was like Ben Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of deep I was, I was, I was going to give you 12 to 14 points, you know, nine, 10 rebounds, six blocks, two, three, like I was that every night. So, uh, but you're right. We had uh, like Carmelo Anthony was, you know, from, from Maryland and a lot of guys came up um, from, from, from that Maryland, DC, Virginia area. Now you, you play at Maryland, you get drafted early in the, in the pros, big adjustment. Did you get to the pros and go, man, these guys are faster, bigger. Cause you, you kind of stepped on the scene pretty quickly. No, it was um, it was the opposite for me actually. It, it got, I, I wouldn't call it easier because nothing in the NFL is easy. But uh, for me, the NFL was more about like making plays, right? They wanted you to be a playmaker. In college, I was more in the system, right? You had to be in this hole, this gap, had to be this place, this time. Even if you could make the play don't because that's not your play to make so i was you know i was more of, of that guy in college in the system and then when i got into the nfl and you know wade phillips there, the defense coordinator wade was like sean see ball go ball and i'm like coach what do you mean he said you see the ball go make a play <laughs> and i was like that's it okay cool i, I can do that so um it, it was actually the opposite, man. It, the game slowed down for me because I was able to use, you know, my my ability to go and just make these big plays. Wade Phillips is one of my favorite guys. Did you love playing for him? He, I, I, Wade, honestly, I mean, I had a lot of great coaches. I played Marty Schottenheimer, um, North Turner, um, Ron Rivera. I had a lot of great coaches, man. But Wade, um, to me, was my favorite. John Pagano, Greg Minuski. I played for a lot of great coaches. Wade's my guy for life. You know, he was, you knew with Wade that um, if you did something great, you were doing just that. And if you wasn't so great at it, you wasn't doing it. Uh, and, I, and I can only recall, like, ever hearing Wade yell, like, one time. That was it. 
he just, he, you knew that he put you in a position to make plays. And if you didn't make the play, you just felt bad. So you knew he like designed it for you to go out and make that play. I mean, cause I saw him a couple of weeks ago in Canton. He came for when, when Peyton got inducted. We had a great visit. But yeah, he's so calm. You'd have a heart, you know, you think Demons coordinator sometimes and, you know, veins popping out of his neck. He's such a good old country guy. And just, I can, I, I love, I mean, you got to look this up Sunday, Sean. Early on in, in Wade's career, I mean, he's, he's in his 20s. He's on the sideline, and his dad, Bum, is coaching, and they got Bum mic'd up, and he's just – everything that goes wrong, he's blaming on Wade. He's going, Wade, Wade, you can't – he'd yell. Earl would fumble or something, and he'd blame Wade. Wade's over there like, Dad, I didn't do anything wrong. He'd been there forever. And he's the most soft-spoken, delightful guy. I love that he's a, he's a defensive genius. And, I, shoot, he's been in the NFL for over 40 years. He is, yeah. You can't you can't fool people doing that. No, no, and you know what though? He um, you know, it's one of the things he I don't think he gets the credit he deserves as being as one of the greats. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think he, if you look at the across the board, the guys from Bruce Smith and those teams he had and those you know, teams he coached, look at everywhere he's went, and you have a double digit sack guy, defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year on every single team that he's ever coached. And, you know, he's coached, he's coached some great players. I'm going right now out on a limb and saying Wade Phillips should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Do I have a second? 100%. I mean, no question about it. Assistant, I mean, he's been a head coach, but as an assistant coach and just being an NFL coach, you know, they only kind of got the head coaches get in. But as a, just Dick LeBeau, you know, is in both ways. But he, I think there's no doubt Wade Phillips should get in. And I want to, I want to be there when he's, when he goes in, I want him to be there when he goes in, not, you know, not to do it way too long. He, he deserves it. Are you ready to amp up the excitement every college football Saturday this year? All right. It's called Colin Cowherd's Saturday Spreads. It's on FanDuel. Free shot at big prices. Really simple. I choose 10 of college football's biggest matchups each week. Make your picks against the spread for each one. And the fans who get the most right win 5000 bucks in prizes every damn week. All right, my picks this week. Texas minus five hosting Oklahoma State. The Cowboys defense is pretty good this year. But I think Texas comes out of that loss feeling really good about who they are. They controlled large portions of that game late against Oklahoma. I'll take the Longhorns to win in cover. I like Carolina at home minus six and a half over Miami. Carolina, the slightly better football team with better momentum. And I'll take Alabama to bounce back, even on the road, after their loss to the Aggies, beat Mississippi State by over 17 and a half. All right, those will be three of the 10 picks. Go to fanduel.com slash Saturday spreads. Fanduel.com slash Saturday spreads. Or you can just download the Fanduel app. Check in, 5,000 bucks every week in prizes. No purchase necessary. Age restrictions apply depending on location. Void where prohibited. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. C-O-L-A-N so they know I sent you. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at SportsbookFanDuel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. 
or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. All right, Sean, we got a new segment here at Super Coop called NFL Yearbook Trivia. So think back of all the guys you played with. Who was the funniest player you ever played with? Hmm. Funniest player I played with was uh, Stephen Cooper, our middle linebacker. He was just a natural comedian? He would just say anything. It was nothing. It was nothing that he would say or do that was off limits. You know, he would he would say things that inappropriate. It didn't matter what he said. He would it would say it around coaches. I'm like, dude, you know, can we talk like this around coaches? And I'm kind of just that that quick silence was like, okay, it didn't matter. It's just cool. We're used to it. Didn't matter. I like it. Um, what player did you play with? Do you think would probably be the least likely guy to find the cure for cancer? <laughs> um probably probably Jamal Williams. <laughs> like our deep doctor Jamal Williams, man. He like he didn't say anything at all. Like he just kind of moseyed along, didn't say anything to nobody. Um and I I don't see him putting any extra work in to to look for a cure for cancer. That's that. It would work if it wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to do that. All right. Who would most likely forward an email to everyone to avoid seven years of bad luck? That'd be me. <laughs> uh, that, I'm throwing everybody in the bus. I'm not, I'm not getting that luck. I, that, that email is going out and uh, protect yourself at all times. <laughs> Self-awareness is a, a fantastic quality. I'm glad you have it. Yeah. Okay, in all your years of playing pro football, who was the least fiscally responsible? Who spent their money like a wild man? That'd be me. Um, you know, those last two things, definitely me. Uh, I was a spender. But it wasn't always on nice things. I mean, I, I just, look, if I want to go do something, I'm going to do it. Um, I still like that to this day. I believe in just having a good time and doing my thing um investments and all this stuff whatever but I'm, I'm spending i'm spending money period what, what was something lavish you really blew some money on sean that you probably look back going gosh i why did i do that horses <laughs> and i never even rode horse. like it was at one point where i think i just got bored and i started buying a couple of horses and you know, I, had a, I had a buddy of mine um who had a horse ranch in rancher Santa fe and i walked by one day when i was at his house I said, you know what I mean? I'm going to go buy a horse. And he said, for what? You don't even ride horses. I said, I, I don't know, man. I, I just really, I really want a horse. And uh, I, went to, I went to go buy a horse. I also had the uh, record-breaking rookie dinner where I, I spent uh, $32,000 uh, on our rookie dinner. So between the horse and those dinners, man, it set me back a few. Yeah, I was curious. Would you pay more for the horse or dinner that night? <laughs> the horse was 27 grand the sport of kings i love it i love it all right what about who would most likely realize they've joined a pyramid scheme in the middle of recruiting three people to the pyramid scheme <laughs> don't say you <laughs> no not me for that one um that reminds you. No, you know what it is. <laughs> I would say, I would say Kurt Morrison. So to play linebacker, he was at the Raiders, and I recruited him to 
uh, play for, for the Buffalo Bills, but I recruited him, Nick Barnett, who came from Green Bay, and I recruited Mario Williams. And before they all realized that I was the one recruiting them, what I was doing and trying to build the team up, they was like, hey, man, what, what, what you doing over here? Kirk like, what, what you got going over here? What, what are you building? What, what do you got going? What, what's up your sleeve? So I would say Kirk Morrison. And the last one, yearbook trivia coming to end here. Who would most likely have a check bounce at the Golden Corral? Who would have a check bounce or who would bounce from the check? <laughs> <laughs> who? Yeah, that's two different things. That's a good point. I mean, both. Um, Either or, whatever pops in your head. God. Um. <laughs> Who would bounce in the check? I don't know. I'm trying to think of one of my cheapest teammates. Probably Matt Wilhelm, who I play with with the Chargers. Yeah, he, he would definitely get up out of I he so I bought the number 56 from him. He I was number 91 when I got drafted. And because you know I'm the first round guy coming in with money, um, he tried to make me pay 35000 for it. I said, dude, I'm not paying you 35000 for no damn number. No. And I got him down to 25000 I said, look, I got to check on me right now for 20 grand for this number. For 56 and I end up buying the number 56 from him for 20 grand but he'll be definitely the, the person that something will bounce because he's so damn cheap you should have given that horse and just called it even <laughs> I, I, you know what I, I should have because it, it ended up being a waste um you know actually I, I made my money back on the horse but it, it, at the time I you know after a few weeks I said you know what do I have a damn horse for seriously I don't even I don't even ride horses um, I can get. I would you, did you yeah. even know how to get on? Would you get on the horse backwards? I mean, I, mean, was, I, I have I, my first time riding a horse was just a couple of years ago, ever. And uh, when I bought this horse, I know I was I was terrified of riding them, but I just wanted one. I don't know why I bought it. When you're talking about wasting, it was it was a huge waste at the time. I ended up selling it, making making a couple bucks. But at the time, I said, "Damn, why, why did I why did I get a horse? I got no real reason for having this horse." Did you Did you name it? Did you feed it? Uh, no, I didn't do anything. I had somebody, which is, I had to pay, which no one told me how expensive they were to put an yeah. upkeep, right? So I had to have somebody to do all that too. So, uh, yeah, man, we talk about a waste. That was, that was definitely one. Did you ever buy a boat? No. Okay. I'm wasteful. Not that wasteful. <laughs> um, talk about the Chargers right now, Sean. You're involved in LA, uh, a young team, young coach, uh, great young quarterback. What do you see this year looking like? Um, they're, they're exciting, man. Um, they're, they're one of the teams that are not being talked about as much by the NFL and probably because they play in a, in a division with, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and that powerful offense they got over there. And also the Raiders are looking pretty good this year. So that division seems tough. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater now down at, um, with, with the Broncos. So the, the charges are kind of flying under the radar. Um, they came out with a big, big win against Washington. They probably should have, they should have won just recently against Dallas. They had some penalties that were, that were blown and some calls that were blown, um, but they're not talked about. They're so damn exciting because they have so many different weapons on offense that, um, that are not even being utilized just yet. They have weapons across the board. I had to, uh, I did an interview one time with Keenan McCardell. No, not Keenan McCardell, sorry. I did an interview one day with, uh, I'm going blind. Keenan Allen. Sorry. Golly. I got my glasses on and I'll look smarter and act smarter. Keenan Allen and uh, I play what I play with Kim McCardell too. Yeah, though. he was a good player. They kind of look, you know, they kind of have the same body type, but uh, 
Yeah. Keenan Allen, he can tickle the ivories. He played a little piano together. You know that? He can sing. And uh, oh, yeah. you know, I think we're going to start. He wanted to be in a band with me, but I told him I was I was busy that week. <laughs> and, yeah. And so, he's, a, he's very talented, man. Yeah, he's, I think he's an underrated player. What about, so you, got, you, have, you have a show uh, involved with the Chargers. Tell me about it. Yeah, so I um I was doing this show with them called uh called Kegs Kegs something I've got the, the show between name between two kegs uh, between two kegs and uh, initially it started off by just being like little segments or whatever and it kind of picked up and turned into like a whole YouTube series, um which people love and I, I think we're setting back up to do it again, um and I also have my MMA league with Lights Out Extreme Fighting that's on uh, football sports, so you know I. I you know, it's, it's, it's fun for me to still be involved, you know, obviously with the Chargers because that's, you know, that's, that's my squad. You know, you always – the squad you played the longest with and who drafted you, you know, I did go play a couple of years with the Buffalo Bills, which is great, by the way. Uh, I think they're best fans in sports. Um, but, you know, the, the Chargers is always going to be my, uh, my squad. All right, now I got a little section called Rapid Fire. You're the guinea pig. I'm trying some new stuff, so I appreciate you. Rapid Fire questions. I'm just going to ask a question. And just whatever pops your mind, real quick. Worst team you've ever played on? Worst team I ever played on? Um, gosh, I, I believe the worst record I've. Um, well, <laughs> we we had we had a we had a bad year when I got when I got to the Bills when I. When I got there, I think they were like 0-6 or something like that when I when I first got waived and sent to the Bills. Um, but they had a bad record. It wasn't a bad team. It was kind of weird. They had like Kyle Williams and Fred Jackson and Fitzpatrick was there. I mean, they had Stevie Johnson. So they had a, a really good team, but the record just didn't display the, the amount of talent that they had. Okay. How about who was the sorest loser you ever saw? Someone who really, I mean, he hated it. You know, after the game, just going to funk when they lose. Tom Brady, <laughs> did I play it against or play well, with? You, yeah, Tom doesn't take it very well. That's good. But what about, what about <laughs> yeah. the locker room? Do you have guys that just really going um, on hole? Phil, Phil was Phil Rivers pretty pretty bad. I wouldn't call him a sore loser, but he just he hated losing. It just stuck with him like through the day and after the game and during the week, and he just never stopped talking about it. He he really he really. He really hated losing. I never. I don't think I've been around anybody that much that hated losing that bad. They used to say there's a quote. I think Jimmy Connors used to say, "I hate losing more than I like winning. I hate seeing that satisfaction on their face when they when I, they know they beat me." So, it, it, oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's Phil. All right. Um, weirdest pregame ritual for myself. What did I see? Anyway. Anything? What was? What did you do? Something weird? Um, no, I didn't have anything weird. Um, but as far as teammates, I would I would see guys like I, I don't know how they listen to gospel music before the game. Like that was always weird to me. <laughs> I know that to other people that you know, it, it might sound like normal, but when you're in the zone like that and you're trying to, I can listen to anything else but like gospel. I can listen to. You know, country, uh, I mean, jazz. I can listen to anything else ever before I can listen. I don't know. It was always weird to me. I always liked that John Henderson. Remember, they'd have that, he'd have that manager. The slap. 
Did you, yeah. Would you do that? Did you need that? No, no, you hit me, we're fighting. I'm, I'm not making it to that game. Like, you better not hit me. Our most underrated player you either played against or with, someone who gave you trouble, who maybe didn't get the, the love he, de- he deserved. I, um, the most underrated player that I think I played with was Kyle Williams in Buffalo. Like, we, I mean, obviously he went to the Pro Bowl and things like that, but man, people just, they didn't talk about him enough. Like Kyle Williams was on such another level and you see him in person. He didn't look like a football player. He didn't look like somebody that played the position he did and how good he was. Um, great athlete. And great athlete. Great athlete, man. He gets on the field and as soon as the snap of that ball, he is gone. Like, like just he, he was unbelievable. And I just think he was probably the most underrated player. I think Fred Jackson will be up there too as another one at running back. He didn't get the credit he deserved either. Kyle Williams, I, I interviewed him one time. They love him in Buffalo. He's the king of Buffalo. They, they yeah. 6'2, 315. He was also a scratch golfer. That gives you an idea what kind of athlete he is. High, high hand. I mean, but I mean, a beast. All right. This is perfect for you. You're in a street fight, a dirty street fight on the streets of Maryland, and you got to pick one guy you played with to be your, you know, your your teammate when you're going against a couple guys in a in a dirty one. Who do you who do you bring on with you? I'm I'm taking Lorenzo Neal. Is that right? I, I'm taking Low Neal all day. Um, <laughs> Low Neal was like a bulldog, man. He was a bruiser. Um, in fact, when I got there my rookie year. Um, I started to work out with him at that point. He was like in his 12th or 13th year. I'm, I'm, I'm barely 21 years old and I couldn't keep up with him. Um, he was just, just such another level. He was a college wrestler, two division, uh, NCAA wrestler as well. And so if I'm, if I'm going into any fight, I'm taking a little nail all day. You know, we, we had soup together one time. He is the most gentle and delightful soul, but I'm glad to know he has a switch. He is the opposite of that when that when that helmet comes on. He is somebody you don't want to see. Um, I, I say it all the time that we had this thing, and you probably heard it before, we had this thing called brother-in-law, right? Because we would get so physical with each other in practices that somebody wasn't going to make it to the game, right? And so I had to establish early on, like, exactly who Lorenzo Neal was. We were clashing. We were beating each other up in practice. And then finally we said, Hey man, we we can't we can't do this. We we can't you know knock each other heads around and do all this stuff because someone is not going to make it to the game. Um, yeah, so if any if if I have to pick one person to go fight and and fight with in Maryland or DC, I'm taking Lorenzo Neal all day. And then of all your teammates, the last guy you would want to pick as your partner in a street fight. <laughs> uh, you're gonna get a man. call from this guy. You're gonna get a call. He's gonna say thanks a lot. Lights out. Um, I don't know. We everybody we everybody we play with. I'm trying to think of somebody that, that will probably run, yeah. right? Like lead probably me, a kicker, lead kicker, backup quarterback, punter. Yeah, I would out Nate Kading for sure. <laughs> Nate, Nate Kading. I don't. I, I see Nate. I see Nate Kading trying to cop a plea, trying to get out of the fight. Climbing well, in the wall, trying to get out of there. Right. Or having a reason why I got jumped and he didn't help me. You know, probably probably one of those situations. That's amazing. I appreciate it. That's great. Sean, you've been a great guest. As always, we like to rank our soup. So, you know, your soup out of one to a thousand. How did the New England clam chatter grade out today? 
999. It wasn't a thousand. It got cold on me at the end, but pretty good. You can, you can never go wrong with the clam chowder. Lights out, baby. I love it. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. Okay.